But I want to look at a, a Christmas passage, not normally looked at, that talks specifically about Mary's extended family. So if you have your Bibles and you want to follow along, you can turn to Luke chapter 1. I always encourage people to look at the scripture with me. I never want you to think I'm just making stuff up. And, you know, if you didn't bring a Bible with you, that's quite all right. Um, I generally read the Bible on my phone. There's a Bible app that you can download, and it's a great way to follow along. So you can do that. But we'll put the words on the screen. And in Luke chapter 1, I want to begin in verse 39. It says, At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. So a little context here. Elizabeth is one of Mary's relatives. We don't know exactly who she was. Um, she could have been an aunt, could have been a cousin. She, she could have been a second cousin, twice removed by marriage. We really don't know who she was, but we know that she was a relative of Mary's in some form or fashion. And verse 41 says, When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting... The baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Now, if you're a little bit confused by what's going on in this passage, I'm going to give you the context and explain everything that's happening. But I want to use these verses to talk to you about baby steps, baby steps. In fact, I need you to help me. You can put this in the chat. Uh, just tell somebody right now, the person you came with, it's about baby steps. Can you do that for me? Tell them it's about baby steps. I want to pray. It's always my custom to pray. Uh, would you just bow your head with me before we get into the preaching of God's word? God, thank you for tonight. We celebrate who you are. Celebrate the fact, God, that you came to earth. You came to us. You were born. God, we thank you for it. Reflect on this moment. We got, God, we know it's going to be powerful. So speak to us tonight from your word. I believe you will. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, has anybody already opened some presents? Anybody just let me know if you're there. You've already opened a few presents. I know we're a little before Christmas Eve. Uh, you, some of you have. Um, how, how many of you, i just like to know who I'm talking to. You, it's, if it's not December 25th, it doesn't count. Is there anybody that's in the room? It's, it's December 25th or nothing else. Online, just let me know if it's Christmas Eve, before Christmas Eve, December 25th, or, or nothing else. You know, one of the things I love about Christmas is learning about all the different family traditions. Because there's so many. Like, we all have our own little family traditions. Like, I've learned, like, in our families, everybody's got, like, their Christmas music. You know what I'm saying? Like, some people, it's going to be uh, maybe, you know, Mannheim Steamroller. Like, that's kind of the classic for some people. Or, or, or maybe it's, like, the Bing Crosby uh, Christmas music or, or Mariah Carey. Um, just go ahead and, like, let me know. Some just shout out, like, what's your... your family Christmas music, the, the one that Nat King Cole, just let me know that you're here. Put it in the chat too. Let me know what, you, what your Christmas music is. Can I hear it? Let's Sinatra, Mariah Carey. I heard a few of, you know, there's different ones out there. Everybody's got like their, their family Christmas treat, right? Like, like for some people it's fudge. For some people it's, it's Christmas cookies. Uh, for, for some people it's like maybe a Christmas pie. And anybody fruitcake is like their 
That's their Christmas tree. You can be dismissed, okay? I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, we've all got like this different family uh, traditions, like our own treats, our own, our own music. Um, what's funny is you, you learn as you get a little older, what you thought was family tradition is really just poor planning. Um, I, I've, I've come to realize this. Like, like, I'm curious, how many of you put presents under the tree before Christmas or how many it doesn't go under the tree until Christmas Eve, Christmas morning? Can I just see your hand? Christmas Eve, uh, Christmas morning people, or you put presents out as soon as they're wrapped before Christmas, just see your hand, put it in the chat, see where you're at. See, I grew up thinking that like putting the presents out Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, I thought that was family tradition. Come to find out, the presents just didn't get wrapped until Christmas Eve. Like, this was not tradition. This is just time management, okay? <laughs> How many of you, like, procrastinators, you know what I'm talking about, last-minute rappers out there, last-minute shoppers? Uh, the, the other thing, like, I always thought this was tradition at my house. Like, at our house growing up, like, the kids, we, we'd do stockings. I don't know if people do stockings, but at our house, the kids could wake up in the morning, open stockings. You didn't have to wait uh, for your parents that I thought, like, this tradition, stockings are, like, you know, free. It's, like, gives, gives the kids, like, like, you know, just some presents while they're waiting. The, that's not tradition. This was just allowing my parents to get some extra sleep because they were wrapping presents till 3 a.m. Like, this is, you, you learn that uh, what you think is tradition is really just poor planning. And while I'm in the mode of sharing secrets, I might as well tell you that I'm, I'm actually, I'll tell on myself a little bit, I'm, I'm kind of a bad gift giver. I don't mean like I'm bad at, at getting gifts. I'm actually pretty good at getting gifts. I, I just like, when I get a gift, I don't want to wait to give it to you. Like, I, I just, I can't wait. I just want, I want, I want to give it to you as soon as I get it. I can't, I can't wait to see you open it. I, like, I, sometimes I might have rabbit just like, here it is. I want to see the expression on your face. Is there anybody else who's like that? Like, you just, you can't wait. Like, just, you get it for them and, and you give it to them. And, uh, like, procrastination is not a strength of mine. Our, our patience, rather, is not a strength of mine. Um, I, uh, it's kind of sad to admit that in Advent season, which is really all about waiting. But that's why I like this passage, because um, I, I feel like Mary and I can relate. Because Mary, the moment she gets this news that she's about to have God's baby, the moment the angel appears to her and says, hey, you're going to bring forth a son, he's going to be the Messiah, the moment this happens, what we see is, is Mary races to tell her relative, Elizabeth. And uh, if you don't know much about the story, I, I want to give you a little context here. Now, it may be helpful if you're new to the Bible just to know all of Scripture from beginning to end. Everything in this book is about Jesus. From the first page to the last, every passage points to Jesus Every, every chapter, every page points to Jesus. And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of help you with this. If, you, if you're new to the Bible, the Bible's broken into two main sections. There's the Old Testament, and then there's the New Testament. Old Testament, that's before Jesus, right? New Testament, well, there's the Gospels. That's what we're looking at. That's the life and ministry of Jesus. And then after that, there's Acts and, and the epistles, these letters. That's about life after the resurrection. Everything is about Jesus. And of course, goes without saying, Christmas is about Jesus. And I want to be clear, we're going to talk about Jesus tonight, but I, I want to give you a pass if you were a little confused when we read the scripture, because usually we think of Christmas and we think 
about Mary's pregnancy and about Mary's miracle child. But in this passage that we're looking at, there's another miracle child. Maybe you didn't know this, but I want to take a minute to talk about this miracle baby. This is the baby in the passage that we read who leaps. You see, Mary's pregnancy, we know that well. That, that's miraculous. But Elizabeth, we see her name mentioned, she had a son, and his birth was also miraculous. Let me give you a little context on this. You see, Elizabeth and her husband, Zechariah, they were too old to have kids. Scripture tells us this right at the onset of the chapter we looked at. And in verse 5, let's read it together. It just says, In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. So not only were they past the age of having kids, but we also find out that Elizabeth has never been able to have kids. And in this passage, what I didn't read to you, the angel Gabriel, it's the same angel that appears to Mary, he appears to Zechariah, who was a priest. And it's a really cool story. Zechariah was, was burning incense in the temple. It's a special job. And while he's burning incense, Gabriel shows up and he says, Zechariah, God has heard your prayers and your wife Elizabeth is going to have a son. Now you would think that somebody who has given his life to serving God, somebody whose life is marked by righteousness, marked by obedience, who the scripture calls blameless, somebody who has been praying for a child. You would think that when God shows up to answer his prayer, that he's going to be ready for it. What we see, though, is Zechariah was not ready. Gabriel shows up to Zechariah, and he says, Zach, God's heard your prayer, and you're going to bring forth a son. Elizabeth is going to have a son, and this is a special son. He, he's, going to, he, he's going to go before the Messiah, and, and you're going to raise him a special way, and you're going to give him the name John. You might know this guy later on in Scripture as John the Baptist. And, and so he, he says all this, and, and, and Zechariah, after he hears this, he asks a question that I've been asking myself a lot this year. I, I want to read it to you. It's in verse 18. Gabriel appears to Zechariah, says all these things, and Zechariah asks the angel, how can I be sure of this? Has anybody else <laughs> asked yourself that? I mean, is that not the question of 2020? Is uncertainty not the headline of the year? How can I be sure of this? Have you tried to make any plans this year? I'm just curious, like, has anybody just become a little bit timid about making plans? I did a little scientific research preparation for this message on Instagram. I swear I, I always go to Instagram when I want to know the truth of a situation. I did a little scientific research on Instagram, and uh, I, I asked this question. I, I said... Who's setting goals for 2021? I know, like, not all of us are goal setters. Like, like, I get that. But I was just curious if 
2020 has stolen some of our optimism. I'm just curious if like 2020 has stolen some of our dreams of thinking about the future and, and, and planning. And it's just the reality, like in 2020, it's been hard to be sure of anything. I was talking to somebody who's planning a wedding next year. And they're like debating like when to have it and where to have it. Because like, how can I be sure that if I put my deposit down in this place, that it's still going to be open? I don't mean like reopen. I mean like how do I know that they're not going to close and go out of business? I've talked to college graduates. Like how can I be sure? I've got my degree. How can I be sure there's even going to be a job for me? Talking to business owners. How can I be sure that there's even going to be a market for my business? Like our customers going to come. Is this still going to be a thing? How can I be sure? talking to parents. How can I be sure I didn't mess up my kids' education, their future? Just wave at me if I am speaking the truth. How can I be sure of this? Have you ever asked that question before? I'm curious. Have you ever asked that question when it comes to trusting God? Well, what's interesting is Gabriel, Zechariah asked this question, how can I be sure of this? This guy who was so devout, trusted God, served God, his prayers answered, he's been praying, how can I be sure? And Gabriel says, hey, this is going to happen whether you believe it or not, but because you don't believe it, you're not going to be able to speak until it's fulfilled. Now, I know this is kind of like a crazy part of the story, and you might think, like, what's the point of this? Let me just give you practical application. All right, anytime we're stuck trying to figure it out. Anytime God's word has come to us and we're hesitating because we're asking the question, how can I be sure? We are always going to be limited in what we can do. Anytime that we ask this question, how can I be sure? This question stops us from moving forward. This question stops us from experiencing what God has for us. And this is the entire point of my sermon, right? Because many of us are asking this question and we're letting what we don't know keep us from acting on what we do know. And what I want to help you with today, I want to tell you, don't let your doubt stop you. I want to help you understand this, that you can move forward, even if it's just with baby steps. Even if it's just with baby steps. See, Elizabeth had a completely different experience, a completely different perspective to this whole situation. And this is where I want to get into my message. See, in the text we read together, after Elizabeth receives this instruction, Scripture tells us that she hid herself, well, she went into seclusion for five months. Now, I understand, like, you read that, you think, okay, why is she hiding? But you got to understand, she wasn't hiding. This was actually an act of faith. And so it was an act of faith, because again, she's, she, she's past the age, she, she's been childless, she's past the age of childbearing, so she doesn't have the immediate physical evidence that she's pregnant. So when she hides herself, she goes to seclusion, understand she's not hiding, she's guarding what she's been given. So she, this time, but while this is happening, it's during this time that Mary also finds out that she's the recipient of a miracle. And this is... This is this really cool picture. 
Because you, you, you got to see, Luke is so smart the way he puts this together. This is why this story is in the Bible. Because you've got one lady, Elizabeth, who thinks that she is too old. And you've got another woman, Mary, who thinks that she is too young. You, you, you've got Elizabeth who thinks, I am past this point, both biologically and the season of my life. This is impossible. And, and then you've got Mary, who's a virgin, who's not married yet, and says, I'm not ready for this yet. It's, it's this picture, and this is the context that God brings them together to encourage each other's faith. And you're going you're to have to read this whole thing on your own to, to get the, the full picture of it. But when Mary finds out that Elizabeth, when Mary finds out that she's pregnant with God's baby, she's going to give birth to God's son, and she finds out from the angel that Elizabeth is also pregnant, the first thing she does is go see Elizabeth. That, that's in the verse we read. It says, verse 39, at that time, what time? The moment that Gabriel spoke to her, the moment all this happened, she says, as soon as that happened, she went to go see Elizabeth. She hurried. And we don't know exactly like, how long this would have taken. Scholars say it was roughly 50 miles. So one thing we do know is that probably wasn't easy. We also know it would have been anything but convenient. It's safe to say that probably her immediate family, because again, Elizabeth is a distant relative. Those around her really didn't even understand why she would go do this. There would have been lots of good reasons not to go. But what I want to point out to you is that the first thing that Mary did when she found out that she was going to be pregnant, the first thing Mary did when she was faith facing something, that she had never experienced. The first thing she did was to get around somebody who was carrying something similar. And this is why my heart is so heavy for this message. See, I've been praying for many of you. I've been praying for you who are watching this online. I've, some of you I've texted personally during the season. The, the reason my heart is so heavy for this message is because I know some of you You've been facing 2020 alone. You've been facing some of the biggest battles of your life alone. You've been facing difficulty in your marriage alone. You've you've been facing financial hardship alone. You've been facing uncertainty alone. You've been facing stress at work alone. You've been facing 2020 alone, and I don't want you to go into 2021 the same way you've been handling 2020. See, see, this is why church matters. Because church is the family of God. And you just got to know that you can actually be closer to your church family than even your immediate family. I'm telling you this, whether you have a great family or whether you're like most of us that has something less than perfect. I mean, isn't this what the scripture tells us? Mary didn't hang out with her immediate family. She went to somebody that she had a divine connection with. And God has placed people in this room, in this church, that, that are a divine connection for you. That, that, that's why, you know, in six weeks, we're going to be launching our groups again. We do groups every season 
every year at our church three times a year. I know it's a little early, but I just want to tell you, I want you to make a goal, New Year's resolution, that you need to get in a group. You, you need to be part of this community. You need to place yourself in a family. You were not made to face life alone. You were made to face it with family. You, you need it. Your marriage needs it. Your business needs it. Your family needs it. Your kids need it. You, you, you need this. And I bet, I bet even as I'm saying this, well, some of you know what I'm saying is true. This, this is resonating with you. God is speaking to your heart right now, even online. God is speaking to your heart right now. Because, I mean, sometimes something inside of you just knows. So, something inside. You can't explain it, but something inside of you just knows that this is right. That's what happened with Elizabeth. When, when Mary got there, this amazing thing happened. Something inside Elizabeth knew this is significant. Something inside Elizabeth knew she was in the presence of God. Something inside Elizabeth told her, Jesus is here. Let's look at it in verse 44. Elizabeth says, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. That's why I call this baby steps. <laughs> this baby took a step before he was ever born. Even in his mother's womb, John Recognize Jesus. Can I just tell you that God saw you? He knew you while you were in your mother's womb. Before you were born, before one of your days came to be, in your prenatal state, while you were in the womb, God knew you. He, he was forming you. For a purpose. And I bet that right now, something inside of you knows that. S something inside of you has known that God was always there. So something inside of you has known that God has always loved you. So something in inside of you has known that your life was made for a purpose. So something inside of you ha has known, and maybe the thing that's been holding you back is the fact that there's so much that you don't know, is that there's some things that you're uncertain, and you're asking this question, how can I be sure of this? And what I'm trying to show you in this passage today is that trusting God is not a leap of faith. It's just a baby step. Following Jesus is not a leap of faith. It's just a baby step. Can, can I tell you, recognizing Jesus as Lord is not a leap of faith. It is just a baby step. And all I really want to ask you is will you take a step today? Even if there's things you don't know and you're not sure of. Can you just take a step? 
Just take a, a baby step. Yeah, but how, how am I going to know? How, there's so much I'm unsure. Just, just a baby step. Can you just say, look, I, I know there's a lot. There's a lot that I don't have figured out. There's something in me that recognizes God's presence. There's, there's something in me that's always known. There, there's something inside of me that's telling me just to take a step. Because I believe what Elizabeth said to Mary, I believe God is saying to you. Verse 45. Blessed, blessed is the one who feels joy all the time. Blessed is the one that never has any doubts. Is that what it says? Blessed is the one who, who never messes up, never makes a mistake, never sins. Blessed is she who has belief. It all begins with belief. Belief that what God has started, he will fulfill in your life. Blessed is the one who believes what God has spoken. What has God spoken to you? That he hasn't forgotten you. He won't leave you or forsake you. He loves you. He'll meet all of your needs. Even the painful stuff, he'll work out for your good. What has God spoken to you? Blessed is the one who believes what God has said. I understand you may not be where you want to be today, but you can move forward with a baby step. Can, can you take a step? This crazy story. Can you believe God, what he has said, that he so loved the world, that God, creator of heaven and earth, creator of the universe, wrapped himself in flesh, was born of a virgin, lived a perfect, sinless life so that he could take you're in my punishment, you're in my sin, you're in my shame upon himself on the cross. He died and was buried, but he didn't stay dead. He got up from the grave. And if you can believe that today, if you'll accept that, if you'll receive that, if you'll move forward, I think you can experience God's presence in your life like you've never experienced him before. How can I be sure? Can I tell you, God didn't come to be understood. He came to be experienced. He came so that you could know him. He came for the family so that you could be part of the family of God, so that you could know him as father. I wanna give you that opportunity. And it's real simple. We're talking about baby steps. It's honestly as easy as ABC. A, acknowledge that you're far from God. A, acknowledge that you're a sinner. Acknowledge that you need him. B, believe. B believe that what he said is true. 
that he came to save you, that he came to bring you into the family, that he died on the cross for your sins so that you could be saved. And then see, confess. I want to give you that opportunity tonight for everybody here, those of you watching online. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask you to bow your head, close your eyes. But on the count of three, if you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, if you need to come back to God, 2020 could be the greatest year of your life because it's the year you said yes to Jesus. 2020 could be the best year of your life because it's the year you came back to God who knew you in your mother's womb. I'm gonna count to three. On the count of three, if that's you, you wanna say yes to Jesus, just shoot your hand up in the air. One, I want you to know that God loves you. He died on the cross for your sin. Two, I want you to know that he sees you and no sin or no shame could keep him from coming to you. Three, shoot your hands up in the air if you wanna make a decision to trust in Jesus today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen, you can put your hands down. Online, you can, you can raise your hand, you can click that button, you can let us know, you can type Jesus in the chat. I wanna lead you in a prayer, I'll help you with the words.